Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Mission Daily. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm joined by Stephanie Postles. Hey everyone. And today we are going to be talking more about the idea maze that led to the mission. So in the last episode, we left off with talking about the many idea mazes that we had been through on our journey to this point. And now that we have the mission, a successful media company, let's take a step back and share for the first time some of what got us here. But first, let's give a shout out to our great sponsor, Twilio. So today's episode of the Mission Daily is brought to you by Twilio. More than 2 million developers around the world have used Twilio to unlock the magic of communications to improve any human experience. And this October, Twilio is hosting Signal, the customer and developer conference of the year. So you can get your tickets at signal.twilio.com and make sure you use our promo code MISSION20 to get 20% off your tickets. So fun story about the founding of Twilio. I'm pretty sure that one of the co-founders, when he was demoing the product, instead of using a deck or anything like that, he just set up a demo for Fred Wilson of Union Square Ventures. So rather than pitch or sell or anything like that, he just showed how the product worked. And I think that that is the epitome of what we're trying to do at the mission is we want to create shows and podcasts and generally media and stories that leave whoever they come in contact with a little bit better than when they found them. And it's a really, really high standard, but it's something that has inspired us from the earliest days when we didn't have the name for the company, when we didn't have an exact roadmap of what we were doing. And so if we take it back to where we left off last time in the mini idea mazes talking about how we were right at the point where we're starting to get into publishing more. We had done the education magazine and now I was writing more and discovering like, wait a minute, this is easy. This is fun. Maybe there's something here. Maybe I should explore it a little bit more deeply. Yeah. Maybe highlight why, you know, you chose to start the mission. What kind of spearheaded that? What experience did you go through? Specifically, I'm thinking about the publishers that you approached in the early days with your books and how you were just like, okay, this isn't happening. Maybe walk through that a bit. Sure. So at first, every author and every writer that has a lot of ideas for books, and even in some cases where they just have an idea for one book, thinks about traditional publishing. It's still very tempting, even though the business model doesn't make a lot of sense to me anyways, it seems to make sense for a lot of other writers who continue to do it uh, and the publishers themselves. So back at this point in time, I was writing nonfiction primarily. And I had done a book for veterans about my transition out of the military, how I broke into tech, things like that. And I had done a Kickstarter to prove concept for the book before I finished the whole thing, basically. The project was successful and an acquiring editor who had worked at, and I believe continued to work at Simon & Schuster reached out and we started to go back and forth about, should this be picked up by Simon & Schuster? Should I try to sell this, create a formal book proposal and everything like that? And I started to look into the specifics of what that contract would actually entail. And the terms were just horrible. They didn't make any sense. And there wasn't an exciting future. There was a future where best case, if I succeeded, not only would I be doing all the marketing, doing all the work myself, but in addition to that, I would be isolated and literally be forced to write by myself for 10 to 12 hours a day in order to become a successful writer. That doesn't make any sense. And that was the first eye-opening experience where I was approaching this with without the industry expertise. And it would have been easy to say I was naive at the time. I certainly was. But in addition to being naive, I had a beginner's mindset that said, this doesn't make sense. And winning to me doesn't feel like 
being isolated forever. I love being alone. I love strategic isolation. I think that's very important. It's an important time to recover with your thoughts, but I don't want to be there all the time. And I can't believe that the best creators around the world just want to be isolated from other people. And if I, you know, at that point, I got much more serious about studying this and studying the career trajectories of other successful writers who had gone down this path. And I saw two options, basically. One path for successful writers led to a place where they were increasingly isolated and cut off from everyone because they were forced to spend so much time alone and it had a lot of negative impacts on their writing. And I don't know if their depression or their bipolar issues were there before, after, or if they were exacerbated by all that time alone, but that's one commonality I saw playing out again and again. And then the other path of a best case scenario that I saw was writers who wanted to be multi multifaceted. They wanted to be jacks of many trades inside the publishing and creative worlds. Case in point, Michael Crichton, who started several game companies along the way. Uh, and he really tried to expand from being just a writer to being a screenplay writer, a director, uh, doing his own movies, everything like that. And that was much more appealing to me. But I also saw how he was limited by the studios, the production companies. So I saw that the terms they gave him were horrible on all counts whether he was working with a studio, a publishing house, sometimes he was able to negotiate in his favor. But in many cases, he was put into situations where he had written a screenplay and the studio and the producers wanted him to turn it into a movie in three months, in a three month time period. That's not realistic. So in cases of a massive idea of a new world like Westworld that Crichton had created back in 73, he had to do the screenplay and then shoot, direct, get everything lined up for the movie in just a matter of months. I think it was like a, a year total time from beginning to ending that film. I think his budget was like a million dollars. That's a lot of money, but it's not if you're trying to create an enduring world or, or big idea. So for perspective, the modern day Westworld cost about a hundred million dollars to make. And it was not made in just a quick year long sprint. It took a little bit longer in terms of planning and getting everything lined up. So I looked at those two best case scenarios and I said, those are the two best case scenarios. There are a lot of other average and mediocre scenarios. And at this point in time, I was getting really serious about the idea of skill layering, where you start out with a set of skills, you develop them, but then you add other skills like the ability to build apps and learn about social networks, then the ability to do podcasting and digital publishing online. And as I saw these skills start to add up and as we practiced them and entered the idea mazes around them, I saw a real opportunity to combine them all together into what in Silicon Valley is called a full stack publishing or full stack media company. And that's what was really exciting to me. And it also was an idea that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. They thought it was stupid. They thought it was kind of like Don Quixote tilting at windmills, uh, being just very idealistic and not being very practical. Whereas for me, I was like, this is the best case scenario. This is where I'm going to win. It's where I'm going to be able to leave a path for other creators, the best creators in the world who do not want to be isolated and lonely for their whole life and create an entry point for them. And what I feel is most exciting too, is creating an entry point where the sponsor, the patron of the work can be mission driven and aligned and where we can feel good about whoever bankrolls each project. 
that is the perfect alignment of incentives, of interests that we were going for, that we were really trying to create. Yeah. And I think a good thing to remember too, is that when you were going through this idea maze in the process, when you just wanted to write books, originally you were just like, this is my thing. This is what I'm doing. And it was kind of hard to get out of that mindset that maybe I need to become more of a polymath and start layering on skills because you have the people on the sidelines saying, oh, you're going to be, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. And you have kind of like these conflicting feelings about it, at least in the early days, I remember you had conflicting feelings where, you know, you were like, well, I really just want to write until you start exploring more opportunities. And just as the Steve Jobs quote said, it's kind of like you started connecting the dots that you didn't see at first. At first, you were just exploring the publishing model, you know, going with a traditional publisher until you started like looking around and going down rabbit holes of different information and realizing that, hey, maybe I need to, you know, hey, maybe I want to do more. I want to explore different industries and not just write like you were saying. Definitely. And the thing that I feel expedited everything was really focusing in on how can I create an ideal day and job for myself where I can not only excel, but I'm in a position where I can serve. And I, I mean that in a very real sense, like how can I deliver the most value possible for as many people as possible? And it's something that's easy to say, but it's very hard to call yourself out again and again and again. And so for a year, I was basically being incredibly judgmental on myself for not figuring out a way to, in a sense, rescue other creators and other talented people. I wanted to pay them exact, you know, market rate from day one. I wanted them to not only get paid for their creations, but I wanted them to have their dream jobs. And that's something that is very, very hard to create. So in a weird sense, being too hard on myself when I was in that idea amazing process helped lead to better ideas because it just continually pointed out how suboptimal the solutions I was coming up with were. But it also shone the light on which direction to head. So as we moved along, as I had more and more conversations with writers, creators, as we built the publication on Medium, I was able to piece together a lot of ideas that were, some were correct, some were incorrect, and the residue of the ideas that were more correct, more useful, more truthful. So they weren't perfect, but they were better than the ones I previously had, those started to coalesce together into a better thesis and then ultimately the company. Agree. And now that we're having, you know, successes with the mission and we have, you know, an amazing subscribership for our newsletter and lots of podcast listeners, I think it's also important to point out that even when things are going really well, it can still feel really hard. So there have been instances where we've talked and, you know, you've kind of been like, oh, I just need to pull back and just focus on one thing. Like when things start getting a little bit stressful, even when things are going great, I think that's just a good reminder that, you know, things can from the outside look amazing and perfect, but on the inside, you still actually might be struggling a little bit and have to remind yourself, okay, what what do I care about helping the most people? You know, just going in my own, own little hole and writing is not the way to do that. I need to continue pushing forward, even when it's hard, even when it's stressful. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a really, really important thing to remember is that there are going to be days and weeks and maybe months or years where you don't get to do your craft or your art or have the perfect conditions for the craft. And it's very easy to fall into a trap of thinking that the conditions all have to be right or you have to be writing every single day. And a lot of those pieces of so-called wisdom where an author or a writer will say, Either you write every day or you're not a writer, or you do your art every day or you're not an artist. I think that those are just basically ways of 
justifying addictions. And so we're addicted to just about anything that we do on a daily basis, day in and day out. And humans are not only hardwired for addiction, but that's what we we do. We're really, really good at getting our addictions going fast and furious. And I think it takes far more skill and self-mastery to actually be able to drop into something and realize that this is going to be a month where I do have those extra two hours a day to tackle this specific creative project and doubling down on that. And then for a month, going all the way in. And then at the end of the month, backing out and realizing, okay, now I have to come back. I have to be able to delegate, recruit the team and do the things in the real world that matter so, so much. So Awesome. So that was a good intro, at least to the mission, what you were thinking about, you know, your own idea maze with getting there, what you went through, your thoughts even as of today. So maybe to end the episode, what is the mission of the mission? Where do you see this going? What future idea maze do you see yourself going through to expand the company even more and make it even better than it already is today? So I'm always testing sound bites for what the mission of the mission is. I get asked that all the time. Every time I interview someone, <laughs> so, they're always like, what is the mission of the mission? Ha, 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 ha. I'm like, good one. Yeah. Some, some people ask, ask it jokingly and then other people ask it. They're genuinely interested. So I like to say that our goal is to mediate voluntary human evolution. And that's just not trying to be fancy or anything like that. But I think that the purpose of media is to show what humans could become in our best cases, on our best days, and then really strive for that ideal but also present that in a way that's not didactic, that isn't criticizing people and making people feel inferior. We definitely don't want to do that. I do not want to ever make someone feel as if they're not enough. I think that that's generally just a a horrible mindset. And it's not true as well. I think in most cases, people have far more energies and power than they give themselves credit for. So mediating voluntary human evolution just means I think humans are wonderful. I think we're undervalued. And we want to explore human potential in a whole new way through stories. Ideally, we want some of these stories we're working on to last for hundreds of years. If they're good enough, maybe even thousands of years. And those type of goals are really what drive us. And we just wanted to take a moment to share those with all the listeners. I think it's important to tell our story as we go. And we want to have great content, obviously. So we're not going to be telling our story too much. But we did want to let everyone in on what's been going on behind the scenes what's driving us, and generally how we think about serving you. Awesome. And also a big thanks again to our sponsor, Twilio. For anyone who's excited about bands, OK Go is going to be at their closing party at the conference they're having in October. So October 17th through the 18th in San Francisco. It's going to be an amazing developer conference. And the theme is artificial intelligence, authentic communications, which sounds amazing for anyone. So join us there. The mission team is going to be on site at that conference and you can come see us, hang out with us, banter with us, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So we're going to be on location. You can use the code mission 20 to get 20% off on your ticket. And Twilio is an incredible software company that powers a lot of our modern day communications. So your favorite apps and services are all run by Twilio. So this is a great example where we feel better communication is an imperative if we're going to improve our day-to-day work, our lives, and help move everyone forward. We think that's really important. And partnering with sponsors like this allow us to fund the operation. But most importantly, we get to create content for you. So give Twilio a shout out, give Signal Conference a shout out for supporting independent media like The Mission. We couldn't do what we do without them. And if you want to come by the conference, we would love to see you there. We'll be there on location. And until next time. See you then. Stay mission-driven. 
Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.